0: Ready for this? I think so. Okay, I'm
1: getting all the weird out now, so that doesn't happen. Recording.
0: Good. Yeah. yeah. Limit the, the awkward, delivery of a joke followed by just quietly staring at me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's what's gonna get the organic views. Like, we're just here for this. I'm just waiting for, like, YouTube when people take clips out of it and just, like, put text over it and zoom into the face. So you just want the memes. Welcome, everyone, to another great show of the Do Better Def Show. I'm here with, as always, your most favorite co-host, Nathan Cowan.
0: Wow. What a promotion. I just can't keep track of it. One day, second most, one day it's third most, fourth most even, and uh, all the way up to the top. I just want to yeah, thank my mom I... and everybody who's supported me along the way. Uh, it's a real honor to be here on this show. That you co-host. That I help every week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an honor every week, yeah, and it just feels extra special if I'm uh, declared as the favorite co-host.
1: Of course. Yeah, I I like. I wanted the start of this to be like exciting and full of fire because topic we're going to talk about is super real but sad
0: right so what you're saying is you don't want me to get burned out of this podcast
1: i i do not that would be really sad because then i'd be like it's me and your co-host my loneliness and no one's gonna want to listen to that not even my therapist really enjoys it i think so
0: (laughs) well that's why you pay them that's true you can't you can't pay that's why why you're here Well, if that were true, uh, well, I guess I do have, I do have half the stock in this uh, no stock company, so one day the stocks will go up.
1: And then they'll keep going up because stocks only go up. Correct.
0: But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here feeling good. Got my hairs cut, uh, trimmed my beard, got my flannel on. It was sunny today. So I'd say I'm pretty happy about where we're at in 2021 and i'm still struggling to get used to saying 2021 so i'm somewhat going out of my way to say it Uh, i said 2019 the other day which was quite odd it's been a while Mm. since i had to say that and i went to say the year and that's what came out so i'm living in the past and it's time to get with the future
1: yeah yeah i mean if it helps to make like gradual transition you can say it's the new release of twenty twenty with the major bug fixes <laughs> and patch improvements. Oh,
0: that would be great. I hope that's the tr- I hope that's true.
1: I I hope so too. I, I'm really looking forward to that. Like so far the front end looks okay. It's similar um, user
0: experience.
1: It is. It is. The database does have some new crazy entries of people storming the capital and such in, in our neighboring country, but I, I'm I'm hoping there's like a lot of cleanup there's some yeah, yeah. tasks running this year. Yeah. There
0: are some, some new cron jobs doing work in the background.
1: Yeah. Especially with that new antivirus with the, the Myrna and f- Pfizer f- Pfizer. Yeah. That was well done. I'm really looking forward to that. Just going in, doing garbage cleanup and.
0: Correct. So yeah, I, I was not sure where you were going with that at first and now I'm impressed. So well, well Thank done. You. Well done on that. Uh, did you find anything interesting from in the past week?
1: Yeah. I mean, speaking of 2020 fixed with the new version, um, it's important to look back and realize all the things that may or may not have gone wrong and in case of 2020, definitely went wrong. Mm-hmm. There is this game made by some really cool developer. I'm blanking on the name, but we'll link the game in the His first name was Max.
0: He said so at his first the, at the end of Max, the game.
1: And he loved making video games. Yes. That was the bio, I remember. Yep. And his website and the page was super wholesome. And the website, the game website is called 2020game.io. And it's great. It's super simple. It loads really fast on the browser. And yeah, it's just your normal error keys, but it's, it's funny. And it like re- makes you relive through most of the events that happened in 2020 but it's a game, so your brain still gets a dopamine hit. And you're like, cool, this was fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, th- I thought that was extremely cool. Um, at least on the gaming side of things. And then on the tech side of things. Actually, on the gaming side of things, I finished Horizon Zero Dawn. And I loved it. It was super fun. I did not have huge expectations going in. And besides certain weird things on the face expressions and certain storylines not mismatching, it's really well done. I was almost a little sad when it finished.
0: Am I imagining that there's a game called Forza Horizon or something like that?
1: I don't think you are. I think that's the one with driving. Yes,
0: so every time you've mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn until you posted something in Discord the one day that was about the gameplay, I was thinking... Of you driving around and then you said something about the game mechanics and I went I'm thinking of the wrong game I've been thinking of the wrong game this whole time all right
1: No, the only racing game I play is I stay true and loyal and I play need for speed games yeah um, yeah Forza and other most of those realistic better driving games are just something that are not cup my cup of tea I I see the appeal, but I just don't enjoy them as much. Um, But yeah, finished Horizon Zero Dawn, which is not a driving game. (laughs) And it was great. I, I played it for the textures, stayed for the story, and the gameplay. So, would recommend, solid 8 out of 10 on my list. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then on the technological side, I've been playing a lot more with Ansible lately. And as a DevOps person, it makes me happy, and I have been enjoying it quite a bit. Um, there's frustrations on Ansible itself and setting it up. Uh, I'm sure I can do a whole ranty episode of how much struggle it was to set it up um, with the environment variables and whatnot, but it's it works. It's clean, It you just execute it, and it does the thing. and it's still coding in YAML files, but I got to code quite a bit after forever. And I, I feel good. It's a great week. A great start of the day. Everything's great. Sweet. So I'll Yeah, what kind of cool stuff did you run into? Yeah, I'll
0: start with something related to the games, since you mentioned that a little bit. I as I've mentioned a bunch of the last couple of weeks, I've just been trying to get good at Rocket League so that I can play with people who aren't so terrible. And on Saturday, I got on a real strong winning streak after doing a bunch of the stuff I mentioned before, which was like playing 1v1 games and uh, watching videos on how to get better at Rocket League, these sorts of things. And yeah, I, I won a bunch of games in a row, it was like six or seven games. And you increase what's called your MMR, your matchmaker ranking every single time that you win And I think I was beating people higher than me because most people at that point were higher ranked than me. So I leveled up fairly quickly and then called it a day, went back on Sunday and proceeded to lose like five or six games in a row and basically dropped right back down to where I was before. So, uh, you know, big of the hero's journey. I'm I'm in the lull right now, uh, the struggle and got to revisit, uh, maybe reconnect with my father and then I'll be able to win some games again. So hoping that that will happen. Uh, what else? I had some, some notes here. Oh, uh, I guess the, the only other thing really was, I mentioned this before on an early show, but I got another chance to just enjoy the enthusiasm of junior developers and helping them and how satisfying that is. So especially having worked for close to a year as the least fam- the person on my team who was most recently hired, who was the least familiar with the product, and also the most junior, because I'm working with someone who built the product and someone who had like 10, 15 years experience, which is more than I have. And so and he'd been there for a couple years already. So me showing up and just not knowing the product, not having as much experience you feel pretty useless and then someone else comes in who has half the experience that you have and you go nice i can actually help this person and uh it's reassuring so reminds you that you do know some stuff so every time i get to help out with something i get a little bit of a reminder of that and uh i got to do that today so that was good
1: yeah and You know, those moments when you, when you're helping them and you realize, Hey, five months ago, I didn't know jack shit either. And now I know so many more things about this product. Yes.
0: A lot of it is very specific to the product too, where, you know, we're looking for something, we got some sort of magic chunk of the code base that was written three or four years ago that nobody's touching a long time and it just generates code. And you know, if you search for something related to the thing you think you're looking for, but it's auto-generating in the background. Like you say, this doesn't exist. And then I got to explain today, this is where that auto-generating magic piece of code lives. This is why you can't find what you're looking for. But I wouldn't have known that unless I had also been a few months ago in that situation going, why do I have this thing that I can't find a reference to anywhere in the code base? And it's cause it's being magically auto-generated. So. Those sorts of things are stuff you just have to struggle with, learn, and then you get to pass it along, but you feel very smart. And you should. It's good to feel smart occasionally as a software developer. If you only feel very down, you might get burnt out again.
1: Whoa, roll credits. Holy
0: smokes, show's over. (laughs) With a transition like that. This was the whole
1: lesson we had, guys. Just don't work too much. It was
0: really, (laughs) yeah. Um, (laughs) It was really just like those children's stories with a moral. We're just looking to tell you about how my week went, share the morale, or the moral, and then send you on your way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You all got better things to do than being on this podcast. Yeah. Um, But for for whatever reason, if you're still here, uh, we love you. Thank you for staying. Welcome to the rest of the show. Yeah, welcome to the rest of the show where we'll actually talk about different things and different types of burnout, how they can lead up and how you can prevent yourself or if you're already in one, identify it and hopefully maybe get out of it so that you can be the awesome developer and refreshed that you are.
0: Yeah. So I want to know first because I can suspect the answer, but I don't know for sure. Have you experienced burnout before?
1: I have okay I thought so (laughs) Uh, as a person who consistently at times pulled 60 hour work weeks um, I definitely have had those moments where nothing seems to make sense anymore I am just tired I'm frustrated and angry and the only thoughts in my mind are either my life has no meaning or this job is worthless and nothing makes sense and i need to just quit and retire in bahamas or something mm. and then i realize i am 22 in a declining economy and can't afford to just retire in bahamas so i got to find out less less expensive options of getting back in my groove yes but yes to summarize i have definitely experienced burnout before i i can remember two very big burnout incidents
0: was it um, were they more recent than when you were twenty two, or was it earlier <laughs> earlier in your career?
1: Um, one of them was about two years ago, um, and then another one happened early on in my career. It was that was more along the lines of I am a junior, and if I don't take on enough things, they will fire me because I am not providing enough value. Mm-hmm. So I just kept saying yes and kept asking for things, before I realized I've have too much on my plate and there's no way in hell I can finish all of it. Gotcha.
0: So yeah, yeah I I haven't experienced burnout, so that's why I was curious. Wow. Yeah, uh, and that's why I'm hoping this will be. I'm like
1: legit impressed. You you have what, solid four to five years under your belt, <laughs> professional experience yeah. with no burnout. That's Correct. Crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm thinking this should be a good discussion is because you've got experience leading up to it through burnout and recovering from burnout. And then I can just say how I've generally approached things and, and not run into it. I have a situation in my mind where I could imagine leading to burnout. So if I don't mention that and you remember it, ask me about it, uh, but um. that'll be probably later on in the episode. And other than that, a very specific situation hasn't hasn't come up. So I guess I'd like to leave in with, I know that burnout's really common in software development, especially you and I, we've worked a lot in startups so far and startups have a certain mentality that goes with them. And it tends to be very conducive to people burning themselves out. And there's a combination of people who will burn themselves out, companies that will burn people out, teams that will burn people out, infrastructures that will burn people out. You know, if you're being woken up constantly by your system, that's going to put a lot of stress on your life as opposed to if you are aware that you only need to be bothered during work hours, even if those hours are long. So there's a lot of different ways that these things can come up and they're not always just from the employee themselves. It can often be influenced strongly by the company, but it's also not always just the company.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like just when you were talking about how, especially like startup scene, um, the thing I remembered was while I was in college, somebody told me if a company has a motto of work hard, play hard, don't work there. And I thought that was garbage. I was like, yeah, I'm going to like completely go hard at it, I'm going to relax, act like crazy and stuff. And then when you join the real world, you realize there is no play hard. It's just work hard and you might get to take some time off so that you can come back and work harder. Um, yeah, and since then, uh, since the some of the personal experiences, I've actively avoided any companies or places where they're like, oh yeah, it's pretty common for people to stay until seven, but we have unlimited vacation. And then you find out it's frowned upon to take too much. And then, yeah, it's, it's just this self-reportuating cycle that opens, happens over and over.
0: I'm surprised that you didn't experience any play hard since we both worked in ad tech. And I know ad tech loves to play hard, at least sometimes.
1: Uh, actually, one of my most favorite co-workers of all time burnt out and quit while we were in ad tech. I did experience sort of a burnout, but that wasn't either because of the team or anything. It was very much self-imposed. I I like go back and say, obviously I had one of the best development teams while I was in my ad tech company. Mm -hmm. They were very supportive, very great. Um, They had this role, like one of the things you mentioned was infrastructure. And we had a person on call every week or every two weeks where we cycled through. But they made that sort of fun um, because... The person on call was called Batman because he never sleeps. And it's, it's like a weird corny way of making sure that you still answer your phone at 2 a.m. But if you are, there's probably somebody else also up helping you out. And they had this sort of culture where those kind of things didn't really uh, matter. But I had a developer at that company who was working on this new product and this new venture in the company to make sure um, to do some automated ad delivery or whatnot. not going to get too technical, but it was an important part of it, and he was the most experienced in it. And it wasn't yielding a lot of results, and he had to basically single-handedly work on it for hours, for days, and like crazy working on it. Some of us saw that saw it coming and would ask me like, Hey, is everything cool? Um, and you seem a little stressed and he was like this absolute zen of a person. So when he's stressed or isn't socializing very much, you're like something's wrong, something's not right. And we checked in, and he's like, Yeah, everything's fine, everything's good and then after a few weeks, one day he just doesn't show up to work. And we find out later that day that he just quit. He snapped. He was like, I am done with this. I cannot do this. And he just snapped. And we're like, that probably could have been preventable if there was a mutual thing of we ask him or he tells us or there could have been tons of reasons where maybe he didn't want to work on anything else or maybe he felt attached to this one, whatever thing we were making. But there are signs and now I pay more active attention to those kind of signs than I did then. Because I was like, okay, he said he's cool. I don't need to worry about this too much. Um, but I probably should have because he was also teaching me a lot of things. And regardless of anything, it's just not... It, you just don't want to see one of your co- beloved coworkers snap mm-hmm. like snap. And it's not like he flipped anybody or like went out on a crazy streak or something through a, a stadium. He just didn't show up for work because he probably just felt so bad that he just didn't want to do it and that's really sucky and you gotta look out for yourself before things like that happen
0: yeah is there any situation you know of where sort of the opposite thing happened somebody was on the path towards burnout and then the team was able to or they were able to turn it around or maybe in your situation if you've had a time when you were like oh i'm i can feel myself approaching this where I've been here before on this burnout train, and I'm not riding it all the way to the end this time. I'm going to get off and cut it off at the pass and fix things before it gets out of hand.
1: I don't think I've had a snapping moment. Um, The first time I had my very severe burnout, the way I identified it is, you know, those times when you just don't want to go to school. So you try to make excuses that you have a bellyache or something so that, your mom doesn't send you to school because you just don't want to go and face the people. Um, Those were the sort of the things I was facing. I was waking up and I just didn't want to go to work. I wasn't enjoying the work I was doing. I wasn't um, looking forward to the things that were handed to me. And a lot of those things I was struggling with because I was still very junior. So I just felt like I was worthless because of all these responsibilities I'm given and I cannot fulfill them. Whereas their expectation was he's asking for a lot of things, so we must give it to him to keep him interested and in the company. And if he has any problems, he'll come talk to one of the developers and ask for help, which is what I didn't do because I was an idiot. Uh, And, you know, and then I, because when you're when you go coast through life really easily on like at least academia part and everything, because there's a certain pattern to everything. You just score, read, you learn, and you can score straight A's and you're good. And then you enter the workforce and you realize now everything's constantly being improvised. Nothing is static and especially in startups. And yeah, so it was really scary. And I just, I didn't want to go to work. I took like three sick days uh, in a succession, having no physical problems or really any mental ones besides the psychological ones. And yeah, I just, that's when I realized that has happened. I talked to my HR and then I took a couple more days off and just focused on myself, relaxed. Um, and at that point, I wasn't also like doing a lot of workouts or anything that is cyclical and like helps keep your body and brain regulated and whatnot. So I needed a little bit of break there to come back, um, but yeah, didn't I don't I don't think I've had that moment where it, the where they it's been stopped. Both times that I remember major burnouts is the other times I remember because I've been through those I was able to notice the signs ahead of time and just be like okay no I'm gonna take a break, but yeah the those two. Uh, Like, we've already talked about one, and then I'll bring up the story later if we have time for whatever. But uh, that one ended up leading me to quitting my job uh, because somebody at my work helped me realize I was being burnt out. Um, But, yeah. But, yeah, have you ever, like, experienced, I don't know, any of your coworkers or somebody you've worked with see getting super stressed or just being like, screw this, I'm out of here?
0: Yeah, well, so my observation of coworkers has around burnout has mostly been them telling me that they're feeling really burnt out. And in all those cases, maybe I've just been really lucky with team culture, but in all those cases, it's been very obvious that they are burning themselves out. Like the the team and the company was not really doing anything that was more demanding than a typical job. It was kind of like show up to work, contribute to your team, interact with their coworkers, do your job, and then you can just go home. We don't expect anything more of this particular coworker. They don't need to be on call. They don't need to do anything insane. But those were the people who were putting a lot of pressure on themselves and imagining a lot of this extra responsibility. But, you know, if they had to point to it, there wouldn't have been anything there. But there was very much the self-imposed pressure that would lead to them saying, I'm just, I'm just feeling burnt out. And it's that sort of thing that I can't really relate to. My, my own brain doesn't work that way. Like, well, if there's nothing to point to, then there's nothing there and it'll be fine. Uh, So. Wow. So
1: I want to live in there. I want to see. Yeah. If
0: I could rent out a vacation home in my brain, sometimes I think people would love it. Uh, the defaults are great. Um, So no, I haven't seen anybody really snap, but like the, the first company I worked at, it was very much that hectic startup ad tech company. And the difference there that balanced everything out was sort of the really good company culture team dynamic. So also there was that really clear, this is where I got that idea in my head of ops does something, Devs do something that I've mentioned on a few different shows now where the ops team handled the outages and dealt with that and was on call and did their thing. And they were expect, it was totally normal. Like if they didn't come in till 10 11 AM, it was like those cause they were up getting calls during the night and they just get to do their thing. And we count on them to keep the system running and then devs do their own thing. And so it was very separated where, the, any extra expectations put on somebody were generally balanced out either with lower expectations elsewhere. Like if you're up all night, you don't have to come in right in the morning or, or and, or really strong support where it was like, if you've put in this extra work, you've done this thing, thank you for doing that. Everybody appreciates it. It was in the shout-out channels, these kinds of things where it was like a positive thing. And there wasn't a big culture around overworking there. So I think it was pretty conducive to avoiding those sorts of problems. Second company, you and I work both worked there. We know how it was. Uh, and my current company, everybody's really chill. So it's kind of like the first one where according to product and sales, something's always on fire. According to the dev team, it'll be okay because there's so much work to do. There's always going to be something to do. There's always going to be something that's most important that needed to be done yesterday but we all know that. And so we just do what we can do. And if something's actually on fire, deal with it. But I've only actually been called on the weekend once. And that ended up being essentially a false alarm where it was like needed to be brought in for something. We decided that's not actually critical. You don't need to contribute to shipping this right now. We can continue with the things we were already going to release that you're not an expert in we'll release those, nothing's on fire anymore, we'll continue up. Uh, And then there was like a couple times staying late because a deployment went awry or something. Uh, So yeah, it may may be that I naturally have a very low uh, propensity towards burnout, but I've also been lucky with my environments and teams where there hasn't been this work hard, play hard culture
1: Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So while sure, there's some factor of luck, um, but one of the things I know you mentioned in like the past couple of episodes is like taking some time off every month, right? Like having your week that you had in the last year, Mm a couple of times on different months or a couple of days that you took off to just relax and such. And that's like one of the things I have in my column of how to have things that you deal with or do things that you deal with burnout or approaching burnout. What prompted for you to take those decisions then? Because some, something must have come come inside you and be like, hey, maybe you should take this time off. Oh,
0: take those weeks um, off? Yeah, unfortunately, for
1: your mental health, happiness and everything.
0: Unfortunately, it's just because we weren't allowed to travel and I needed to use up my vacation days. Otherwise, they didn't roll over. Uh Oh, So I didn't want to take a month off and be bored for three weeks of the month. So I figured I'll just stagger them out across four months and just have a bunch of time off that way. So not, not actually. Nathan
1: just has been doing better since the beginning of time. (laughs) So that's what I'm learning. Well, so
0: here's, here's how I actually think it hasn't become a problem is my assumption when I go to work is that I show up, at the start of the day, I tend to start a little bit earlier than most people because I wake up a lot earlier than most people, start, start my day and try to do as well as I can, like my best job possible until about lunch, take a lunch break and take a proper break. If it's nice, go outside, walk around and I'll take my lunch, especially now because we're working from home, take my lunch break as long as I really want to. For the most of the time, if I'm eating or something and I want to be somewhat away from my computer, I'll leave it open so like, if somebody messages me, I can still respond. But most people are on lunch at the same time, so it doesn't really matter. Come back and then focus 100% again for the afternoon. But then when the day's over, I don't expect work to be a thing I need to think about until the next morning. And so unless there's a problem that I've been trying to solve, a bug I've been trying to fix or something that'll like churn in the back of my mind, or if somebody has to get a hold of me for something like I mentioned, where something's on fire, my assumption is I don't need to worry about this anymore. And I go on with my life and ways I've dealt with that before when I was struggling to stop thinking about work at the end of the day was I would have some sort of habit, whereas I would either go for a 30 minute walk or I would play video games for half hour before eating supper, or those are really the main two actually, because there's, those are I found that those two things are really good ways of breaking because I can't work while walking outside. So that was very different. And if I'm playing video games, I get very immersed. So it is not gonna allow me to think about work and try to learn how to play soccer with, remote control cars. So those have been two strategies that just cut that that tie with work and then I set it aside and don't worry about it. Um, so those are the main things. But then as far as like the times when I do get really into work is it's somewhat, it always fluctuates, right? Like there'll be times when you're super motivated to do a, a bunch of work and there'll be times when you're just not feeling it but I I let those happen and I don't worry about them. So I'll sometimes go two weeks to three or four months where I'm super motivated to work, especially in like the fall or winter when it's a lot darker, it's colder, I'm spending more time inside. That's when I'll start thinking a lot more about what I'm doing at work, how I can improve myself as a developer and putting a lot more time and thought into those things. And I'll be very motivated to do that Whereas in the summer, it's pretty standard that I just want to be outside. I want to be climbing. I want to be doing something active. I don't want to look at computers and I'll naturally spend less time on it. But the times I'm at work, I'm still focused on work, but outside of work, it's much more likely that I'm just not even thinking about development. And I I don't feel bad about it because I know that I can count on two months from then, I'll have that time where I sat down at 2 p.m. to figure out how to work on this library and then 11 p.m. rolls around and I'm like oh I forgot to eat and move and that wasn't supposed to happen but that's how Saturday turned out and like there will be those times and there will be the times when I'm not motivated but knowing that both of those will come around means that I'm not forcing myself to like feel guilty for taking time sort of as a rest Uh, and I think for me at least that's something that's really important is not feeling guilty about time off. So to speak, even if it's just a time off from pushing extra hard.
1: Yeah. Wow. Like you touched on like four different points I had here on how to generally like avoid or do things regularly to like get out of never really approaching burnout kind of thing. And then the final thing of just like, I know that I do this and I also do this and they're both okay because they run in cycles. It's like just this, I don't know, it's it's like the spiritual enlightenment dialogue of, I accept the totality of who I am. <laughs> and that's literally what enlightenment <laughs> ends up being, as I've heard from like most <laughs> uh, spiritual people I follow. So I'm just like, wow, Nathan's just a spiritual guru. I should follow him. Do you have a podcast I can listen to?
0: uh yeah we were rolling out episodes slowly they'll get better as they come don't worry
1: uh okay 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 <laughs> is it called do better dev Channel? it might be okay wow i've heard i've heard lots of hype about it i'm like really looking forward to it yeah it's
0: got the third and fourth best podcast hosts in all of bc
1: that's crazy yeah and bc like meaning before corona correct Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Post-COVID world is going to be a wild one. Who knows where they'll end up? Uh,
1: um, But yeah, I'll I'll quickly um, touch on some of those points you talked about that I think are worth reiterating. Um, Going for a walk after work. Dissociating. Dissociating is extremely important. Um, At my previous job, um, I always scheduled my workouts right after working. And since working out happens at a regular interval, or if you, that's better for you if you do, I generally, my body will, I'll, I'll know that it's time to stop working because there's less crowd at the gym. If I get in now, I can have a good workout. And that was the way for me to dissociate, stop thinking about work, because now I need to focus on reps and everything so I don't break my neck accidentally and focus on the treadmill and stuff. And then once that's done, then I can go eat, shower and all that. And that solid two, three hours of me not being next to a laptop would give me enough dissociation to come home, not think about work, even though I have had many, many periods of time when I've been so obsessed about things I'm working on where, yeah, it'll happen like till late at night. And then I'll be like, okay, I can't do this. I need to sleep on it. And then I would just wake up at 2 a.m. and be like, I think I know how to fix this. And I would just open up my laptop, I had this really bad problem of, I had my laptop on my nightstand always. And I would open it up. I would start working. I would wake up in the morning. First thing I opened my laptop and be like, oh, I know how to fix this. Or let's check on the infrastructure or something. And then I would do it, head off to work, open the laptop again and get started all over again. And
0: It's funny you mentioned that because that's very similar to my first year, year and a half of working full time as a software developer, but the thing was, it would be, you know, showing up early, working ten hours, and still feeling motivated at the end of the day. That made me not worry about it. And as soon as I, st- it was actually the uh, like the C suite team that would remind me. They'd be like, Nathan, go home. And I'm like, all right, I guess I, I guess I will. So that like that was a good environment for it. But my the point I was trying to get to was that it wasn't like I was pushing out of a feeling of guilt or the need to do something in particular. It was I want to keep doing this because I'm enjoying it and I can see that I'm improving and that in itself is motivating. And once that well, actually actually once that company went out of business, but if I had lost the motivation uh, while I was doing that that amount of commitment then I just would have backed off and that's how I've approached it since then is if I'm not in a phase of really wanting to push just back off and it's going to be fine
1: yeah see that's the realization that doesn't come very often because it's my my brain how my brain worked was you're doing so great you've just because you've hit one red roadblock doesn't mean you should throw the last 12 hours of work you've done today you could finish this today and that was bad i mean to some extent that gave me a thrill of course you're a new developer if, and if you enjoy coding outside of sc- like you enjoyed it in school now you're getting paid to do it and people are actually using the things you're building That that's a crazy rush of course you want to keep doing it um but it's not sustainable and yeah knowing when to quit is so important um because yeah you could you could then have an extremely productive week or two and then or just sort of then dead mentally for the next few days, and who knows? Maybe the weeks you're dead mentally is when you're needed at two a.m. to fix a bug in production, and now the company has lost a bunch of money. Not a real story, but you know you gotta get a look out for that kind of thing. Yeah, be ready. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, dissociating from work for, stop thinking about work when you're done. Work life balance very very important um actually the this the, the job i have now is the i've said that to my manager i've said that to many people but this is like the first time i've learned work life balance and it's crazy and it's like some of the coworkers are like they enforce that where i have a team in stockholm that i work with and s- since i've been an early morning person i i would if i am like going to the gym or whatever i would like send them a message at 6 or whatever in the am but they won't send anything back, at least not for the first few days until they knew, until 9 a.m. or something, our time, because they said, well, I saw that, but I didn't want to send a message to like, bother you while you're not on your working hours. And I was like, that's crazy. You were being considered for me? <laughs> that's insane. I have never had that. Uh, look at that. And I was like, well, I- I'll look out for myself, but thank you. That was a really nice thought. <laughs>
0: No, well you should, you, yeah, so, don't don't be messaging people on the bus at six a.m.
1: Hey, I'm I was bored and I was like, hey, this would be cool, cool to share with this coworker, mm. and that's what I did. All right, fair enough. And it's my six a.m. It's there like I don't know five p.m. or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Time zones. I'm not messaging people in Vancouver at six a.m. That's how I get fired. <laughs> <but no. laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, this is the huge one, at least for day-to-day build-up. Please do that. Um, what I do now is I've, I've gotten very better and disciplined at these things now. So I, instead of doing something nice for your body, like taking a walk like Nathan does, I go and lie on my couch and start up the PS4 and I play something. Um, and video games then help break out that little loop of coding um, I also have this thing in my room for I have these smart lights, and if it around five thirty or six p.m., they just shut off. I don't like to work in the dark, so that's a huge reminder. And let's say, like "Hey, you've you've been at your laptop for a while, get out." Mm-hmm. Um, th- those kind of little reminders uh help you out. Whatever works better for you. Yeah, maybe an app.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, my my situation right now is good too because while working from home i have a work laptop and a personal laptop and so at the end of the day when i've said i'm done with work i just close my work laptop goes in the closet because that's where i have some shelves so i keep keep that in the closet so i don't even see it it's not sitting out somewhere i can't just casually open it i have to actually go to the closet open it up take it off the shelf which is a high shelf and then I can have access to it. So I need to actually be motivated. I'm not just going to casually like, how are my commits doing? Is like anybody approved my PRs yet? Uh, I'm not just going to do that because I don't have that in easy access. Uh, But the thing I think is important about the end of day routine is if possible, have it be something that you look forward to. So, for me, I'm lucky that I can have something in the morning and at night that I always look forward to. So, if it's a nice day, then after work, I'll just, no matter what, close my laptop and just go out for a walk and just be outside. And I always feel better after that. And it's really nice. But in the morning, I go to the gym. And so I wake up, play some video games, which I love that the first thing I do in the morning is something that's super chill. I have, I wake up really early. So, my morning is a lot like other people's evenings. And so I do a lot of my relaxing fun stuff in the morning. Play video games, go to the gym, eat breakfast and then start work. And so I've got this nice positive experience going into the day, do my day of work and then have something to look forward to at the end of the day. And sometimes if it's pouring rain, it's not going to be play it's not going to be go for a walk, it's going to be like play video games or something but I'll make sure I have something at the end of the day that sort of reintroduces me back into life and it's fun and I look forward to it. So I've had periods of time where I don't have that sort of thing to look forward to at the end of the day. And even if I have put away my work laptop and tried to just make supper or something, it kind of blends together and it feels like the only thing I did was wake up, get ready for work, work and then go to bed, even though I had multiple hours between ending work and going to bed. So having that distinct thing that you do, ideally that you enjoy, I think is really big for just staying positive about how, how life is going outside of work, which I imagine is probably the main factor about how people actually avoid burnout.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, the the fact that whatever activity I do plan on doing once I finish work, subconsciously I've always picked things that I enjoy so that I don't think about work because most of the times I do enjoy work as well. Right. So I want to make sure it's something different or not boring enough that I revert back to, oh no, I was having more fun with work or something. It's something I'm looking forward to doing.
0: Yeah, it's a funny problem to have that you and I both actually like work enough that we can get sucked into it and just keep working on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's very common for like people in software who actually enjoy software. Um, there's so much to learn and it evolves so much and things change all the time and, and you'll never learn at yeah, all. Yeah,
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. It's what's, it's what's simultaneously most motivating and the fuel for self-doubt. <laughs>
1: uh, We'll do another episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and then important part in that that I wanted to mention is like pick up a non-tech hobby um, is a good way for that. Like, sure, I just finished work. I don't really want to like go into the kitchen and cook or whatever. Maybe something that that you enjoy. For me, now it's switched off. It used to be different things to, for some days now. It's still video games. But on other days, it's books. I somehow have learned to... In- or I found the genre of books I actually like. I'm not going to say I just enjoy all reading. I tried it and there are a lot of books I just don't don't even get into them. They just straight up suck for me. But I figured out the style and the kind of content I enjoy. So I look forward to it because at the end of the day, I, I want to go and read. Um, once I'm, I'm sure, through a certain level of it and I just want to do it as a leisurely activity I'll find something else uh, some some hobby that would be pretty cool um, but yeah look for look for hobbies I don't know pick up knitting you're at home it's ventures by that you could probably build a whole quilt by next winters if you're really committed
0: yeah doing this every day
1: yeah a, just a recursive process a little better a <laughs> little better every day Um, Oh yeah, one of the ones, now that most people are working from home, um, Zoom fatigue. So real, I'm sure most people have talked about it, their work, video calls, meetings, and looking at a screen all day, and who better knows about looking at a screen all day than software devs? Uh, (laughs) So one of the ones that I personally really like, that I've started doing, is I follow one of those Pomodoro techniques where I work for 45 minutes, I take a five minute break, and every third or fourth minute, four, third or fourth break is like 15 minutes or half an hour. And every, if, I, if I'm not coding, uh, if I'm doing meetings or something, I generally like keep track of the little like clock on my computer and every 10 minutes or so, I generally just look away a little bit from my screen, focus on some distant object, um, just some, there's this twenty 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 rule that I had read about, which is like every 20 minute, look at an object 20 second, for 20 seconds. That's 20 feet away or something. Uh, basically look out your window for 20 seconds. And yeah, if you don't have that, look at some colorful object in your room. If you don't have that, get a colorful object in your room. Cause you're probably depressed.
0: Uh, (laughs) as we look at my background where all there is (laughs) is is a a little
1: penguin card there's a
0: christmas card there
1: yeah i see a hand cursor now oh no that's my cursor never mind that's not your screen (laughs) um but yeah 2020 walks and stretch Um, you do your lunchtime walks um i i stretch Quite a bit throughout the day but mostly because my body hurts all the time um, <laughs> but every time i do a bigger stress and just like okay it's a little break to uh get my mind off things yeah
0: um alternating standing sitting if you have a setup that is conducive to that uh, taking actual breaks throughout the day uh, is really good so not doing a half break where you're still kind of working but you're also kind of on facebook like just If you're going to take a break take a proper break and it's so much more refreshing than than half working for three times as long Uh, one thing that i really notice is i'll take off my glasses and go outside and just try to get essentially sun on my face and as you mentioned look at things that are far away Uh, so make sure that i have i've looked up and around in all the different areas of my vision instead of just straightforward uh like i would at a screen and if I'm waiting for a Jenkins pipeline to run or something, pace around my apartment, maybe put on a a song, uh, do some stretching, something that, because I have to wait for this time anyway, I'm not going to realistically accomplish anything really impressive in the four or five minutes it takes for this pipeline to complete. So I may as well just take it as a mini break. And doing those sorts of things helps break up an otherwise substantially long eight-hour day, because that's a long time to actually just try to Focus. Anyone who's done a hackathon knows how long these days can be if you actually just work. So breaking them up is key because you don't actually just sit and focus well for eight hours straight, five days a week.
1: Mm. I have an important question, though. Okay. For people who wear glasses, is it mandatory that they all take it off? What if they can't see without? No, I
0: don't, I'm not everybody else. I don't know what's good for them. <laughs> I just know that I have blue blocking on my glasses mm. and i find that if i get if i go outside and don't look through my glasses and get some sunlight on my face my my eyes just feel a bit better so i try to do that when i can or i'll just look out my window and especially if the sun's like setting or something cuz it sets pretty early right now at the end of the day i'll at least try to catch that sunset on my face and just i don't know feel good like you should? Yes.
1: <laughs> I didn't finish the song. Whatever. No. Well,
0: I was going to try to, but I don't actually know. That's true. Goes. That's
1: true. No, it's too late. The moment has passed. The ship has sailed. Yeah. You're not on a boat anymore. It's all gone. Um, but yeah. And then one of the things um, I wanted to mention and highlight um, is the repetitive task burnout where your job's pretty okay. Um, nothing's really challenging or stressful. And we're doing the same thing over and over and over. Even just you again. saying
0: that is really boring.
1: <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> and I am very much putting in that effort because it, it really creeps up. It has happened to me to some, well, that was a huge, huge motivator for my last um, burnout that I sort of snapped at. Um was that because I was doing essentially the same thing, but on different projects and for different things. So it felt like something has changed, but nothing really did. And that sort of creeps up on you. And look out for that. Like c- certain things like try to see if your company or people where you work has different opportunities for you that are like sort of a little bit more outside of what you normally do. Like mentoring, for example, can be very rewarding, as Nathan mentioned in the beginning of this podcast. Mentoring is great. Yeah, talking to, teaching somebody something else, organizing activities for your teams, having team events, if that's something up your alley, if you enjoy doing that. For example, taking your team out to like a rope jumping course. Not It wasn't jumping, but still. Um, It was very enjoyable and it helped take our minds off of things a little bit um maybe ask for other responsibilities maybe you want to shadow your manager for a week and see how to conduct certain things if you're if that's the job you're gunning for um but yeah the little things that dissociate you from your everyday job mm-hmm. if it's repetitive and boring and you want to not do
0: this something that pretty much every I think actually every company, I'm trying to remember the one that we worked at, but uh, every company I've worked at, I believe, has offered some time for self guided learning as part of the schedule. And if your company has that, that can be a good time to look at something unrelated that's not directly related to what you're working on that might spark your curiosity. So I've found, at least for me, if I am learning about something that I'm less familiar with, like I don't get to work on day to day, it will motivate me in my day-to-day work, even though that work hasn't changed. I just am more enthusiastic again about software development in general. So right now I'm doing that uh, Solutions Architect course uh, for AWS in preparation for the certification. And it's a lot of stuff that is very closely related to what I do, but I could know none of what I've learned so far and my day-to-day has not been changed in any way. And yet today, when I was doing some deployments to our QA environment, it just looking at the rollout and seeing the different services being spun up, I had a bit more information about what was going on behind the scenes and I was a bit more engaged. And if you can find those little moments where you're like, I see a little bit further than I did before, that can, at least for me, be a good way to stay motivated, stay interested in your work. And it can help open doors to other contributions you could make that you otherwise would not have known about or maybe felt comfortable doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely doing not necessarily more, but different kind of work at your work Mm -hmm. um, can help you stay interested and make the work you do fun. Yeah. Companies
0: hate replacing people because it's really expensive. Mm -hmm. So if you're good and they can keep you, by just moving you around a little bit. Most of the time they're going to prefer to do that. And so if you're feeling like I either need to leave or have a change and you actually like the company, see if you can find a change cuz they probably would prefer that too. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and then the final thing that I had on my list is um if you have the opportunity, um if you feel comfortable um, Definitely just bring it up with your manager or HR. Um, if you don't like either one of them, maybe talk to your colleagues. Um, because I don't know, fight the power. Uh, see if other people feel the same way, if you can make some inflict some change. Um, and if you don't like any of those, maybe it's time to switch. Um, but nine out of ten times always noticed if you actually talk to your manager or HR just on a human level, not even because they it's their job. They will be more likely to help you and see if they can help do anything to get, you, get over whatever um, negative emotion you're feeling um, while doing your employment and working. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and some, some jobs even have um, counseling services and such that are paid for in your health plan. So look out for those. Talk to them. Uh, they might open up doors you didn't even know you had available.
0: Yeah, and some companies are just a bad fit for you too. Like there there can be either whether it's uh, cultural, whether it's the role you're in, these sorts of things can burn you out. And even if software development's good for you, it might not be good for you on that team at that time in that particular role. So uh, I think it would be a shame for someone to wind up in a situation like that and then write off software development as an entire career when it's quite possible, that it's just the environment they're in maybe they weren't ready for that particular amount of pressure or that breadth of responsibilities or whatever thing they've imagined, if it's more on them, and they just need an environment that's a bit more supportive, getting into an environment like that might be all you need for even a year or two. Get the context for what a job looks like, and then you can move on to other environments. So if you're in that situation right now, I would definitely try to maybe have a chat with other people at other companies and see if their experiences match yours and it might just be situational and it might not be that you're just not cut out for it.
1: Yeah, definitely a, a road worth exploring.
0: So I want to mention before we close off, because I said there'd be a situation I can imagine where... Yes,
1: I have it on my Yeah. Own and list. you
0: said that was the last thing I on did. your, on your list, right? So you have nothing else?
1: Well, yeah, this was, Not the planned list. Right. This was, everything I've talked about is on my planned list. Mm -hmm. But there's a star here that says, ask N about burnout (laughs) hypothetical.
0: Yeah. So I was trying to think about this earlier today. I was like, what could burn me out? And it would be a situation where I'm receiving a ludicrous salary that makes me feel like I need to deliver so much value that is also where the role also includes on-call requirements because I would probably feel so much commitment to that role where it's like, if you're gonna give me like a quarter million dollars every year and I'm also on call, I'm gonna feel like I need to be constantly doing my absolute best every minute of every day to justify that. Otherwise I'm gonna be like, please pay me less because I can't handle this. So that's a situation that I could imagine ending up in burnout, but I'm probably not going to accidentally negotiate that high of a salary where I feel like I'm not deserving of it. It's going to ideally be slightly above that. So I feel motivated to improve and justify it, but not, you know, substantially. So where I'm like, I feel ill thinking about how much they pay me.
1: Uh, In this scenario, how experienced are you? Me right now. Okay. Okay, I can I can sort of see because yeah I don't I don't necessarily agree with the statement that the amount of work or the quality of your work is directly proportional to the amount of money you're being paid, uh, because there may be other factors, right? There, it may not just be a company; it might be something you've helped develop, and it has now gone gone really high. Imagine people who were doing software development for Tesla last year. We're still doing it, but they had stock valuation. Yes. And now it's worth ten times. Yes, stocks. are getting paid a lot more. As right? we know,
0: stocks only go up, and they're broken. Yeah. So yeah, they don't count. It would be like if base pay, if they were just like okay. no matter wh- like, no matter what, you just get too much money. And maybe maybe in a year, I think that's not a lot of money, but right now that sounds like a lot of money, and mm. I would feel very compelled to do a very good job. If someone yeah. was going to give me that amount, I'd be like, "That's intimidating. What must you think of me? What must I be expected to deliver?" That would cause sure. me to stretch myself very thin, trying to overdeliver. So maybe yeah. it needs to be even more. But I thought that was a big enough number. I know in the states, yeah. I know in the states it's different because everybody's just like on um, uh, blind. There's like, oh, if your total comps not three hundred. What are you even doing? So, exactly. I know that that's different, but in Victoria, that would be bananas. So,
1: okay, cuz that was going to be my next follow-up since you said dollars. I was like, what if, what if it's 250 Zambian dollars, you know? Yeah, I wasn't Probably thinking not that much. I wasn't
0: thinking global, sorry again.
1: Okay. Okay. But okay, that's a, that's an interesting hypothetical. Not feeling like you're qualified enough, I guess, to do what you are being doing.
0: Yeah, what I'm. Uh, or what's
1: expected of
0: you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, otherwise, I'd just be thinking the way I think of it normally is I should feel like I'm delivering roughly the amount of value that's expected and trying to exceed that. And ideally, they feel like they're paying enough, but also getting a bit more than they're paying for. And then you renegotiate all the time. And if you're always slightly exceeding, you can always get a little bit more next time you negotiate. That seems to make sense to me. If it's the opposite, where it's, I feel like I am delivering a fraction of what I'm being compensated for, that would, that would make it hard for me to be comfortable with that position. And I would be working very hard to shore up that gap.
1: That makes sense. So in our case, our company isn't paying you anything. So, you're doing all of this work?
0: Yeah, this is all for karma. To... It's just volunteer. Okay. Yeah.
1: Makes sense. Yeah, I'm just
0: trying to do better. <laughs>
1: Every day, just a little bit.
0: That's right. So, I should, unless you have anything else, I'll just transition into what I'll be doing better and how I did. Let's do that. Cool. So, uh, as I mentioned, I did get a haircut. Uh, it's a shame that still dealing with the lighting situation, I dislike. Because otherwise it would look great, but I'm I'm telling you, it's not it's not where it could be.
1: For all you podcast listeners, go on our YouTube channel.
0: Yeah. You gotta, just, you
1: gotta look at Nathan's new nearby. Yeah, we calendar. just
0: gotta go <laughs> That's right. No, just when when the days get longer, we'll have some like natural light coming through, they all really all really shine. Yeah,
1: starting April, our podcast quality is gonna go like quadruple better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One sorry, the videos. One half <laughs> one half of the uh video experience is going to be at least self-diagnosed much better. I t- actually took a couple of days off from the gym last week. I was feeling kind of sleepy and my legs were chronically sore. So I went, you know what? Uh, I should just cancel my uh, session for today and sleep. So I got an extra three hours of sleep and uh, just did that Saturday and spent lots of time outside. So I did those things that I said I was going to do, plus took some time off, but For next week. This is a big one and it's one of those ones that I am doing. It's a big one for me. One of those (laughs) ones that I'm doing on the show specifically because I'll bail otherwise. It's kind of like getting my hair cut. I'm going to not veer off of my body weight plan for this winter. So I'm at the point now where I've been maintaining where I've wanted to for the winter. And as soon as i start maintaining where i want to i start thinking i don't need to be this heavy eating this much is kind of a pain it'd be nice if i just went right back to where i was before and was lighter and leaner and didn't have to worry about these things like eating all the time but i'm going to say it i'm going to stick with it and so now actually at least for next week not stop eating as much which was literally my plan this afternoon it's like tomorrow I start eating less. And then I thought I'm going to say it on the show that I will, I will not do that. So stick to that. you D- going to finally do that audit on the do Better club website. So figure out exactly what we want to do with the theme and keep on working on my AWS course. Cause I projected out my progress and I thought I was on track, but I realized I was on track to finish the course by the end of February, which is not the goal. I want to finish the course by about mid-February, so I have some time to write practice exams and make sure I'm actually ready to write the exam at the end of the month. So I need to step up my game a bit on that, and I'm almost halfway through, which is not good enough, so I need to start pushing a bit harder, and that will be, hopefully, what happens over the next couple days. How about you?
1: Yeah, I am... Going to get our viewers to look at you in every subsequent YouTube video to make sure you didn't lose any weight
0: (laughs) One of my friends actually commented that my face didn't look as sunken in as the last time he saw me So wow, yeah, I felt I felt very very buff
1: That's a straight-up, I don't know That's that's just He he just wanted to I don't know
0: take you home. Maybe Maybe I doubt. play games with you. yeah yeah i've i've been to his house he's cat's a jerk
1: oh like all the cats oh no <laughs> now i'm gonna get hate uh, cat but i i stand by it all cats yeah
0: I it yesterday cats are super jerks I'm
1: glad we agree on this because yeah. that would have been a deal breaker <laughs>
0: no more podcasts <laughs>
1: no more. um yeah for the things i said i would do better is i was gonna finish the book i had I was almost through, so I pushed through, and yeah, it, it ended up on a less depressing note than I thought. I saw, sort of saw it coming, but I was really, wasn't sure if it will happen, but it did. Uh, outliers, book by Malcolm Gladwell, go read it, people. Um, yeah, there's a lot of case studies in it. You could probably just skim it. I kept thinking something interesting will come out of those, but they're all just patterns. He's He makes a point, and he's like, here's seven stories explaining why i said is right so not not my my kind of cup of tea but still enjoyed enjoyed the book um that's what i remember i said i would do better i don't have anything else in my notes um so i will talk about what i will do better sounds good is yeah the next thing i'm going to do better is uh start book number two um it is also malcolm gladwell um I forgot what it was called. It's sitting on my bookshelf. That's because
0: I was actually looking forward to that because you forgot last week too, and I was hoping to find out this week what the what uh-huh. the book name was.
1: It's it's one of the ones I don't know, he he writes about all these like overachievers, right? Mm-hmm. So it is something along the lines of similar titles, but it seemed like it had a little different theme. Okay. Um so I'll find out. Um I'm also gonna buy a couple of books this week. I'm I'm looking for I'm traveling next month. So I wanna take some of some little paperbacks uh for reading on the plane and while I'm bored. Um yeah, so gonna buy some of those and gonna work on the bot. I finally have my development environment set up locally, everything's working and it would be a stretch goal to see if I can get it live before I leave. Um, so I may just add a donate slash payment option to it and just release it and then keep working on it after that, see if it gains any attraction whatsoever. I think it's a cool product. There, It is open source and there will be free alternatives for anybody to try it out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I really want to get this out so that I can work on other things and not leave multiple projects midway without finishing them.
0: Who would do that?
1: Who would do that? No software developer ever has ever done that.
0: Uh, If only that were true. Uh,
1: Yeah. Then we'd all be living on Mars already. Elon Musk wouldn't have to try so hard, you know?
0: Yeah, because we'd actually finish our work.
1: We we would, yeah.
0: But that's... That's all I got. Got anything else for the people or are we good to go?
1: No, we're good. Before they burn out of this episode and podcast, Jeez. we probably bid them goodbye.
0: Sounds good. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Gian for having me on the podcast again. So happy to be here. Of course. <laughs> and I guess we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah. Thanks for watching, everyone.